Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. Every time someone wants to speak on your behalf, there's an enemy that throws darts. Surround me with your power and your love and your spirit. I may say what you are leading me to say, not what I may want to say. In Jesus' name, I give thanks. Amen. The presentation that, uh, or the acknowledgement of Greg was not something that was planned. I just found out about it last week. But I think it's fitting for the message today and this being Father's Day. I remember when I first got here that Greg and Lamarlin and were just little boys. Now they're men of the church. We have an opportunity but some of the young men that are coming in that we need to keep influence them somehow, some way. That they can carry the battle on when we are gone. We are a Christian organization and we are a church that believes in Christian education, I should say, and when we buy our resources, we really buy them from an organization called Lifeway. Some of you may be uh, familiar with Lifeway. They have several stores. and They're an organization which supplies uh, us with uh, our Sunday school commentary, with Bibles, and other Christian literature, not only us, but throughout America. To better serve their clients, Lifeway develop within that organization what they call Lifeway Research, which studies trends and tendencies of local churches. And Lifeway Research recently conducted a study among Protestant churches asking a simple but pointed question. Which they typically has the highest attendance for worship service. And I found it quite interesting to see where Father Day rank in the attendance. At the top of the list, if you see there, is Easter or Resurrection Sunday. 93%. People were members usually attend. Christmas 84, Mother's Day 59, other special occasions 26, church anniversary and homecoming 16%. We'll see next Sunday about that. Family and Friend Day 14%. Fourth of July Independence Day 4%. 
and then Father's Day. In my own personal experience of 37 years of ministry, I've seen this change, this list change. You see, when Christmas falls on Sunday today, more members, especially these young parents, choose to stay at home with their children. And to some degree, I can understand it because you've been playing Santa Claus all night long. You're tired. And even though it's the Lord's day, you take your day. Since the dress code in our culture has changed, parents are less likely to push or to dress their children for Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday. I don't know, some of you may not be old enough to remember, but if there was one day that a child was going to go to church, it was going to be Easter, if no more than to show off the new clothes that mama and daddy had bought. And since we don't buy them no new clothes, we don't push them to come to church. So that have really, those two things have really knocked Easter and Christmas down. My estimation, more members come on Mother's Day. Many of them come out of love. But some also come out of guilt. I ain't seen mama, I ain't did right, my least I can go and show my face on Mother's Day. But one thing in this list has not changed. Father's Day is still at the bottom. All you got to do is just look around. You know when we had Mother's Day, how many people we had in the choir? It was the men's choir then. Five. Yes. Look today at these beautiful women in the Memory Choir. Most of them are mothers. Hmm. On a day like today we call Father's Day, many people choose to celebrate at the park or on the lake or some backyard cookout rather than come to church. This day, Father's Day, it's more about having a good time and eating than it is about honoring fathers. One reason may be is fathers are just not respected. It's true, many don't fulfill the obligation of responsibility as fathers. And this has caused a lot of people to only show a token of respect if anything at all. But I submit to you, there are many good fathers in our society today. They go above and beyond to ensure the physical and emotional and spiritual needs of their children are met. 
yet many of them are still unappreciated because oftentimes children mistake discipline for dislike. We don't let them do what they want to do. We exhibit tough love. So on a day like today, to them it's just another day. Father Day was started by a lady by the name of Sonora Smart Dodd. Her father had raised her and her five siblings all by himself. One Mother's Day, she was in church. She heard a, a powerful sermon about the value of a mother. And Miss Dodd was somewhat hurt. She went to her pastor after the sermon and said, Pastor, appreciate what you said. I don't have a mother. Never knew my mother. But my daddy sacrificed to raise me. There ought to be something to honor him. The next year they had a ceremony that developed into what you see today as Father's Day. So Father's Day was started because Father didn't get respect. In our text, Jesus tells a story of a father who was also disrespected by his two sons, even though in two different ways. The father was a businessman who owned a winery. And knowing one day that this winery was going to be his sons, he wanted to teach them some work ethics. Now let me clarify something before I begin. The correct context of this passage is the kingdom of God. But it has a connection concerning honoring fathers. The religious leaders of Jesus' day challenged his source of authority. Where do you get this authority to do all this stuff you're doing? And Jesus responded with a challenge of his own concerning John the Baptist. And that changed the whole conversation. And when they were unable to answer Jesus' challenge, he spoke this parable that's recorded in Matthew 21 and 28. And I'm reading from the English Standard verses. What do you think? A man had two sons. And went to the first and said, Son, go and work in my vineyard today. We'll stop right there. <laughs> this phrase, go to work, was not a request. It was a command. The father had every right to call his son to work. And it should have been a, a, a something of honor and they should have been glad to go and work for daddy. But here's some factors. The vineyard was several miles. It was some distance away 
from the house. It was going to require some effort, some energy, and some time for them to leave home and go work in the vineyard. Home was comfortable. Work was not. This first side he went to was probably the oldest. The one that was going to have the first right, going to have two-thirds of the property. And being older, I can imagine he probably was at that point where he smelled his must, as some of the old people would say. His response was quick and to the point. Verse 29 said, and he answered, I will not. He basically was saying, I don't want to work, and I ain't going. This is a parable. This is not a real story, because I know in my household, if I told that to my daddy, I, I wouldn't have probably got too much out after that. Because I can imagine in many of the homes of our ethnic background, children say something, I, ain't, I don't want to go, not go, and you can't make me. We wouldn't have got the you can't make me out of our mouth. But this is a parable that Jesus is telling. This first song, words were rude, they were thoughtless, and they were disrespectful, but they came from an attitude. His attitude was self-centered and arrogant. There is nothing commendable at all. We talked, Brother Grant, about being righteous. There was nothing righteous at all about what this young man said. Now, I want to propose to you maybe some possible reason that he said no. Because we're going to see some of these same things in our children today. At the top of the list, the reason he didn't want to go to work, just plain lazy. Number two, he probably didn't see the need. Why should I go? We got workers to do this. I don't need to go. Number three, he felt that the work was beneath him. Hey, look, I'm the eldest son. I'm next in line. I ain't going down there and getting my hand dirty. It's amazing to me that some kids ain't never sweat. Y'all, y'all, y'all ain't get that. They ain't never sweat because they ain't never been out of the yard to cut grass or to cut wood because we live in air conditioning and we pamper them. It ain't a fact of whether they need the money or not. They need to know how to work. And that's on the side for y'all. And number four, maybe he felt he had more important things to do. But part B of that verse says, but afterwards. It's a lot in this thing about afterwards. We don't know how much time would have expired. Remember, this is a parable. But afterwards, it said he changed his mind. 
and went. Apparently there was some serious reflection. This first thought began to regret his hasty and disrespectful words. If you notice when you read the response of reading, it said repent. The King James Version. The English Standard said change his mind. The Greek word has a content of remorse, of sadness. This young man was truly sorry for what he had said and done. Maybe as he began to reflect, he saw the hurt that his word called his daddy. Maybe he just reflected on how much daddy had did to get him at the point. And maybe he just went and prayed and got convicted. Here's a point that I want y'all not to miss. He changed his mind. He repented. But he still did not want to go to work in the vineyard. But he turned his back on his wants. On his own personal feeling, on his will. He denied his own personal desire and went and did what the father asked him to do. Why? Because daddy asked him. How many of you parents have ever heard your child did reject something you said and said, because I don't want to? <laughs> you know, it's unfortunate. I really have, have heard that from, from, a, from a young child. I mean, it was a very small child that was actually do something, and they said to their parents, I don't want to. And it was left at that. I remember when I uh, was growing up, and we know we got this thing about measles. Now, well, that was a common thing with, with us. And Mama was taking me in Atlanta down to the clinic to get a shot. And I screamed all the way, I don't want to! You think that will phase my mama? Because I didn't want to. Move on, Wilcoxon. It was his action and not his words that honor his father. But then we have a change in verse 30. And he went to the other son and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But did not go. The father spoke to the Second son, the exact same word he did to the first. Not because the first one had rejected his saying, but because the father wanted both sons to work in his vineyard. The second son was probably the youngest, and he could have been childish and immature, and very possibly he could have been intimidated he could have been a, of a smaller size and intimidated by his daddy saying, no work. I go, sir. 
His words, sir, was very polite. He gave the impression of obedience. But his words, even though they were outwardly respectful, were inwardly empty and totally superficial. That's how he disrespected his father. But neither his action spoke louder than his worries. Spoke volumes. Because he said it, but it did not go. His words may have been outwardly respectful, but, but they proved to be inwardly disrespectful because he didn't back it up with action. Let, let, let's kind of, again, look at why the second son would even say yes. Why did he say, I will, will not like the first one? And see if this fits some of us and our dealing with our own parents or people in general. Number one, he just wanted to impress others. Maybe there are some other people around him. Maybe daddy had some, but we don't know. But just maybe he wanted to impress others. Or possibly he just wanted to sound good. Or maybe he really had good intentions. But after thinking about it, maybe some of his buddies told him, you going to work in that vineyard? But maybe he changed his mind. Or maybe he got busy doing other things. Perhaps just like many Sunday morning us coming to church, it wasn't a priority. It's cloudy. It looked like it may rain. So I won't go. It's cold. Or maybe it was this last one. He really was going to do it when he got around to it. Procrastination. And then finally, Jesus asked the question that is at the very heart of this Father's Day message. Which of the two did the will of his Father? And they said the first. The story is simple and clear. And the point is obvious. What count is not the promises we make, but the performances we do. The father in our text had provided a good living for his son. The vineyard would be there someday, and he knew that in order to keep the business going, they had to produce a product. So he was really looking out after their own interests by asking them to go to work. Here's the application of this Father's Day message. If you have a father or someone who has been active in your life as a father, 
who is trying to do the best by you and for you, then you need to honor him. Not by what you say. If I don't hear it once today, I've heard it ten times. Happy Father's Day. And some of y'all call me Pop. And y'all know what makes me happy on Sunday. It sounded good. But will you be here next Sunday or the next Sunday you have some other priority? Getting awfully quiet in here. But if you got a father, honor him, not by what you say, but what you do. And, and I'm not talking about doing things like giving him ties and sock and drawers. I'm talking about being obedient. I've asked a lot of these young girls, and I still do. I got one I'm working on right now. Be careful. You're growing into womanhood. There's going to be some men out there that's going to desire what you are growing into. Stay away. There'll be time for that. And you know what the response is? Yes, sir. And before long, I'm a spiritual great-granddaddy again. Same thing with some of the men. You're a child yourself. You don't need to be trying to raise one. That's the parable. But the theme has been all morning. The same is true of our heavenly father. That is, if he's your father. See, in our text, both were children of the same father, but one child did what the father asked him to do, and the other did not. Question for you today is, which child are you? Jesus in this parable with these stinging words. And Jesus said, truly I say unto you, the tax collectors, which is thought of as being the lowest of all in society, and the prostitutes, even lower than the tax collectors, will enter into the kingdom of God before you. Patrick, when I, when I read this, I thought about that song, by Dorothy Norwood, the denied mother. When you think about the people that ain't supposed to get in heaven, gonna get in heaven, I thought about the words of, the, of that song by Dorothy Norwood. Some of y'all may remember it, <laughs> but it was a bestseller. You know the story about the one son that was going to do everything, didn't do nothing, then the son that wasn't worth two cents, he was the one that took care of mama when she got sick. You realize that song was 12 minutes long. Yet, many people 
Millions of them listened to that song over and over again. It was that popular. And even now, I guarantee you, if you listen on radio, you probably gonna hear it. Went gold. I wonder if it would have been popular if the song had been entitled The Denied Father. Think about that. Is our Heavenly Father being disrespected by his children? Our Heavenly Father is calling some here today to go and work in his vineyard. And you have a choice to make. But there are some here who God is not their father. He is only your creator. Believe me, there is a difference. You only become his child when you are born again. He will not. He cannot call you to work until you become his child. And Jesus died so you could become his child. Church is a delivery room. The question is, is there anybody here who's in labor? Stand with me. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.